Hello and welcome back to the Schooner Pod. Uh, this is the weekend spread, uh, a division of the Schooner Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, we've got Jameson Maxwell, Ty Lee, and the captain, Bolton Blake. It's a full house here to preview the Big Ten, uh, a conference that gets uh, more and more confusing by the day. And um, should we, what, guys, should we go in and even touch on realignment at this point with the additions of uh, Oregon and Washington? A uh, little bit strange, but what what happens with the? Are you surprised to see the Big Ten make this move? And uh, what do we what do we think about the future of the Big Ten going forward, Blake? Yeah, I'm a little surprised. Like, I just felt like the Big 12 was putting pressure on the Big 10 that they were going to scoop up Oregon and Washington if they didn't do anything. So I feel like with the number, they're getting like $30 million with a $1 million increase every single year. That's chump change compared uh, to the contract that they have now. I just don't understand why Oregon and Washington would want to do this move if they're getting paid that much. I thought it would have been a smarter idea be one of the top contenders in the Big 12, take the $30 million, yeah, you'll make a few million less a year, but then you could potentially jump to the Big 10, get a full payout, and be in the same position, but also probably elevate your brand. I just think they come in and they're immediately mid-tier, uh, kind of like upper mid-tier schools in the Big 10. Yeah, understood. understood. You know, taking a little bit less, not a great look. Uh, Jameson, your thoughts on the Ducks and the Huskies to the uh, Big 10? I just thought of poor Rutgers, and I understand that's been talked a lot about, but like Rutgers having to travel all the way over to Washington just makes me laugh because just honestly, Rutgers has just really been struggling. Greg Schiano is still their coach, and they're going to have to travel from New Jersey all the way to Washington. Uh, these poor, poor fellows. And honestly, poor Washington and Oregon. Like it's come to the point where they have no upper hand here at all, and they're just going to cross their fingers that somehow the NCAA disbands in the next couple of years and they can just go off into another league. Yeah, it's, it's a tough look. It's a tough look. And I got to say for Rutgers too, like I think they're ranked one thirtieth in the Learfield directors club uh, cup since they've joined the big 10. So it's not just football, <laughs> every school or every, <laughs> every program is horrible at Rutgers. Like no athletic program has been good. Uh, Ty, your thoughts on the, uh, the Ducks and the Huskies uh, making the jump. Yeah, I have two big ones. First, I mean, the Big Ten, we knew about the Big Ten as sort of the, the Midwest Conference. They kind of leaned on academics, but I'd argue they're maybe propped up by a handful of schools there, and they had their, you know, their Midwest thing going on. So I think in that sense, none of them really fit, but Oregon and Washington perhaps a better fit than the Southern California schools. But, yeah, I, I think this move, especially with the – abbreviated would be a completely incorrect word, uh, especially with the the smaller portions that are being given to these schools. I think it's really a Scooby-Doo sort of pull the mask off moment, particularly for Oregon, because they've had this idea and, and sort of the national brand of Oregon for so long has been that they are getting up there to the blue blood status. They always have super nice everything. They're always getting TV attention and everything else. Obviously the Nike University but then now having to sort of tuck your tail and run somewhere else and accept unfavorable terms is not something that USC has to do, is not something that UCLA has to do. It's not even something that, you know, the Arizona schools or Utah have to do. UCF didn't have to do this. So it is very odd to me. Washington, not to diminish Washington, I also love Washington, but 
nobody ever thought that they were at this big level. I think Oregon, this is kind of a, a, a shocking thing for me to see the Oregon administration and, and program accept this sort of demeaning terms a bit, I think. Well, I mean, Maryland and Rutgers, I don't believe are full members yet still. Like it takes yeah. a while to get full membership in the Big Ten, which uh, definitely hurts in the short term. But I think long term security, that is a pretty solid move, uh, especially because you don't want to tie your horse to the Big 12 and then accidentally get hit with like a, a big grant of rights that you have to agree to. And the Big Ten's not ready. And I don't know. It, it, it leads a lot to be, uh, you know, a lot of complications there. Um, but anyways, enough about realignment. Let's get into some football and talk about the Big Ten this year and Look, there's really two teams. This is kind of, I feel like this is a two, two horse conference. Um, Jameson, what do you think? Do you think it's a two horse conference between the Buckeyes and the, uh, the, the Michigan Wolverines? Yeah, it is. But I will say this. There is one team that I feel like a lot of people are going to try to act really smart. And I'm going to act like one of those people too, that is kind of going to be sneaky this year. That's that number three team that we don't talk about enough in Penn State. Penn State's kind of got a sneaky good football team this year. Um, so, and Ty is, um, nodding his head. No, which I will love to hear him about Penn state, but it, yeah, it's, it's Michigan, Ohio state. And that's what all the viewers are going to look at. And I know Bobby, you kind of want to talk more about Ohio state here and like in the future of Ryan day and kind of how Michigan has beat up them the past couple years. Now, here's the thing. Let's not overreact. Like Michigan's a very good football program. And before these past two years, Ohio State was on a huge run, and they had a reputation of they consistently beat Michigan. And that is not something to really like expect that it will continue whenever you have a blue-blood Michigan, a blue-blood Ohio State. They're going to be years where either team win and go on their little runs. Let's not overreact on Ryan Day here. I think he's done an absolutely stellar job taking over the, um, the Ohio State team. And I feel like this year will be a huge, huge test for him. I feel like he's had a lot of good quarterback play, but can he turn Kyle McCord into a guy um, to be a competent quarterback? And I think it's going to help that he's got the best player in college football to throw to. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I, I really I really am kind of out. I don't want to say I'm out on Ryan Day, but I'm definitely a little, little suspect on him, a little questioning him, because the machine that had been built at Ohio State under Urban Meyer – was top notch. And we, we can kind of see this at, at OU, you know, under Lincoln Riley, you know, he kind of um, was kind of bolstered by that in the, in the same type of way. What Ohio state is, has, and is continuing to have is just next level. Um, but the past two years, that kind of lack of toughness against Michigan, um, not fully able, the, the inability to kind of get over the line against Georgia, you know, it's hard to fault him for that because Georgia is incredible. Um, they were one made field goal or one stop away from honestly mm -hmm. winning the national championship last year. Exactly. So it, it's, it's a tricky situation because they are winning uh, against everyone, but Michigan and, you know, teams in the college football playoff. Um, so it's one of those where it's like, I need to see more and I need to see more slippage, but right now, right now he, he has a hell of a machine at his uh, disposal to say the least. Um, and I don't, this is going to be interesting. No Stroud, you know, a bit of a quarterback controversy. Um, nobody really knows who's going to be in charge there, but you have to have a pretty strong idea that 
Ohio State's going to step up and be pretty good. I, I feel like you're you're kind of pushing Ohio State down because you are, have really low expectations for Michigan. And I feel like that's kind of your bias of Michigan. Like, oh, Michigan beat them the past two years. Now I'm not thinking Ohio State's that good. Like, Ohio State played really well last season. Like you said, like almost went to the national championship game and they had one bad game um, versus Michigan. And, you know, that last week of the college football regular season, I just, I just don't think that what we thought of Michigan about three or four years ago, when we were making fun and clowning Jim Harbaugh is what we should still continue to do. This team is recruiting well, and they're bringing in really good football players and they're playing great defense. I I just don't think this whole Michigan persona that we have when we are clowning and making jokes about them should be being detrimental on Ohio state. Well, no, and I'm not saying Michigan's bad. Like Michigan is a both years, very solid team. Uh, obviously that win in Mich- at Michigan stadium was enormous. And I I'm so sorry to uh, Ty and Blake that we've just kind of been on this one. No, um, this, is, this is how conversation yeah, goes. That's true. Yeah. Um, but to me, I, I, I feel like, I, I feel like the manner they got blown out in, in Michigan stadium. Yeah, that's fine. You could call that a one-off Michigan's a damn good team. But then a year later, after all of that, after all of that chirping, to to lose it on your home field like that, to to your arch rival after they beat you, to kind of come out flat, kind of come out sloppy, it just it, it just raised a red flag to me that I'm like, what? Something something just doesn't feel right at Ohio State. Um, so I, I don't know. That that it's probably an overreaction. Definitely, probably is because they win a lot of ball games, they recruit great, but they just can't not being able to get over that hump is just, just a little weird. What do you think, Ty? Sorry, I missed my mute button. I am all in on Ohio state. I think it's like we just touched on, you know, the, this team just by losing to Michigan, a team that we expected them to do really well against because they've traditionally done really well against uh, Harbaugh's Michigan, just by losing to Michigan alone is sort of skewed everyone's idea of this Ohio state team. I'm not going to go on my bits about how, you know, certain quarterbacks are maybe wildly overrated. I don't think Ohio State's even going to take a step back losing C.J. Stroud to the NFL. I think they're returning a a starting quarterback now who's going to be a junior, an experienced guy. He's going to have one of, if not potentially this season, the best receiver in college football with Marvin Harrison Jr. He's going to have two returning super, super solid backs a mostly returning, extremely solid line. I think everything is just lined up for this Ohio State team to, if we're keeping it within the perspective of the Big Ten, really make a run for everything. And we'll we'll dive deeper into Michigan, I'm sure, here in a second. But, yeah, I think you can, without denigrating Michigan, from my point of view, I think it's very clear that Ohio State uh, should win. And here's the other, my final sort of icing on the cake to that point if we're talking about just Michigan versus Ohio State or Ohio State winning the Big Ten as a whole, we're having so much discussion about, oh, have they fallen off just because they've lost to Michigan? Because that's not the expectation. Even having that discussion implies that the expectation is that Ohio State is the better team and that they're going to carry the conference. And I think that speaks everything that needs to be spoken about this Ohio State in terms of how they are against Michigan this coming year and whether or not they can win the conference. Blake, your thoughts? Yeah, I like I get all the love for Ohio State, but I feel like people should be praising this Michigan team significantly more than <laughs> this Ohio State Praise team. Praise them like, both. Praise I get them. Both. Like they're both really good, but I'm like this Michigan team is basically like 
They ran into a juggernaut of TCU last year in the playoff. <laughs> but besides that, honestly looked fantastic the entire year in Jim Harbaugh has finally built a team with an identity, which I love. It's physical, but it has incredible athletes. Like Jameson mentioned, he's been recruiting his ass off lately. Like he's getting key guys that the kid input like can put into the system. They return just about everybody. I think JJ McCarthy is going to be probably in New York come the end of the season, just because that the, the play action. The problem is, it's like the competition JJ McCarthy is going to be playing all year long is on a, is so poor. Like he is going to put up big stats just because that play action is deadly. When you have two NFL starting like running backs at your disposal, Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, like what the heck? Like they are stacked. They're stacked in the. Uh, uh, running back room, the quarterback, the line, their defense has been solid. I I do think like Ohio State, like they could still lose the Michigan game and easily end up in the situation that they did last year. And this roster's built to win national titles still. We saw it last year. I'm with Ty. Loved CJ Stroud leaving because CJ Stroud just didn't give a damn any single game, it seemed like. And then finally he started putting his body on the line uh against Georgia when it mattered. And I'm like, this is the potential we had all along to see this guy. And you just kind of been like a pocket passer, very passive. Never really liked CJ Stroud. Uh so yeah, it's no. like I think Ohio State's gonna be great, but it's just like this Michigan team, they're not gonna regress whatsoever. And their schedule's so easy that they can take breaks every single week to like that last yeah. game of the year. So I have a point uh, that like Blake mentioned, this Michigan team uh, really didn't lose anyone. If you ignore the 11 players that went to the draft. Yeah. It, if you ignore 50% of their starters, they didn't really lose anyone. So, but it's not just starters. They had returning production. So it's guys that guys that were playing meaningful snaps last year. Like that's why I'm not worried about a Michigan, like a Michigan team. And you're also returning your like three best players easy mm -hmm. that carried you. And like, I will say this, it's like they didn't have Blake Corum for the playoffs. So uh, this team, I could see this Michigan t team taking a really big, uh, like a bigger leap, even though last year they had a really successful season. Right. And I think they, I think Michigan and I'll pull them back up here. I think Michigan does a really good job of developing line talent uh, as you can, as evidenced by their two, I believe back-to-back -back Joe Moore awards. Uh, they just are very good at really developing O-line, D-line regardless. And um, I think that makes them a very tough opponent. Um, and you, I, I think if you had to pick two, like a, a conference that could get two teams in, it's, it's the big 10 again. Um, yep. Yeah. Because of the whole division situation where, you know, only you can't have a Ohio state Michigan rematch. So, um, I, I think, I think the Wolverines are po poised for a very good run. Like Blake said about the schedule and I'll, I'll we'll get to Ohio state on uh, their over under or, uh, sorry, their win total, you know, Michigan has, has to go to Penn state. They have their, um, game against Michigan state who was not good at all last year. And then they have a absolutely paper tiger of a non-conference. It's a Eastern Car East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutger Rutgers is in the conference. I forget about that sometimes. Uh, but yeah, that's just like <laughs> a brutal, like that non-conference is just nothing. So, I mean, I love, if we're, if we're, if we're talking wind tunnels, I love Michigan at uh, 10 and a half here. I, I think that's, I think that's pretty strong uh, over for me. I have a quick yeah. note real quick. I, I made sort of a disingenuous argument 
I double checked out of the 11 players who went to the draft, one was the punter and one was the kicker. So let's say they lost nine That's players. A big but a uh, big deal. Yeah. Honestly, they, did lose, they lost two thirds of their D line, which could be a, a big key. Like we talked about, they do yeah, develop the well, and then they, they lost a center and a, uh, another offensive lineman. So, you know, maybe who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that 10 and a half is, is a good number there um but let me tell you something like transitioning into the penn state talk that i kind of want to get going i i think penn state my bold prediction because i even though this is not too bold but i think penn state's gonna steal one michigan or ohio state they'll they'll be at home versus michigan on the road versus ohio state but i think penn state's been catching a lot of hype like there's a lot of positive things coming out of camp there's a couple of you know national reporters have been saying like penn state's feeling pretty confident this year and it's because like they've got their like guy that they brought in through the process, Drew Allar, um, five star number three overall player in the country a couple years ago. Coming in now, it's his time to shine at quarterback. Um, now that Sean Clifford, Blake's favorite player, is is gone. Can you believe Sean Clifford got picked before Max Duggan in the draft? But let's just just let's embarrassing, just, just embarrassing. <laughs> I'll put a nice little bet on who's going to be on an NFL roster more because there is no way in hell you watched on Clifford and there, you saw any potential shred of upside. Like that man was the definition of no ceiling and really not that much of a floor. Honestly, he was costing them games left and right. So, yeah, I just knew I had to brought that up. But you know, as OU fans here. Um, a guy that we try to go after in the transfer portal and a guy that honestly torched us in the past. If y'all remember Dante Cephas from Kent state, he's one of the wide receivers there in Penn state and like watching him with my two eyeballs and obviously the box score from that OU Kent state game, that kid is good. Like give him a quarterback and like he might, you know, mess around and actually have a really good season. I'm excited for this Penn state team. I don't, you know, obviously the money won't be on the side that they'll win either one of Ohio State or Michigan, but I think there might be some havoc, especially in that Michigan game where anything can happen to Happy Valley. Yeah, I mean, the whiteout, as we all know, as college football fans, anything can happen with that. Um, I don't actually know if that's specifically the whiteout or not. But no, still. it's not the whiteout because I think yeah, the whiteout, right. some random game because of the new NBC contract. I think. Oh it's God! That's oh, right. that's so. Oh, it's so. Oh weak. God! They get like the uh, whiteout for like Delaware or some stupid. Pro- no, they get the whiteout for uh, Iowa. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh wow, that's isn't that inspiring? <laughs> I'm sure. That, I'm you know sure those other also... games? Are big nude, big nude action, baby. Those the good Ugh. games are going on. The Damn nude. TV networks have just gotten so sloppy. It's just, uh, everything is just turning into absolute garbage. Penn yeah. State's playing Michigan State in Fort Field. Like, they've just randomly decided to move a game to Detroit, which makes no sense for any parties involved. Because Michigan State's poverty this year. Just wait for it. Yeah, not, not, not good at all. Uh-oh, Blake might have to say something about that. No, so- I, I agree. Their coach is <laughs> cashing checks and just stepping back. <laughs> I he had no market for him to get stolen away, but yet he is somehow like got paid like Jimbo Fisher money. I don't get it. I do not get it. I think Michigan State's so bad. It, I mean, just look at their win total. Even like Vegas isn't very optimistic about it, about any nope. improvement. And he he honestly owns owes like a good amount of his money to Kenneth Walker the third because yep. Kenneth Walker the third ran him to that contract. 
He was um, like, look, I had one winning season at Michigan State, and I took Colorado to a bowl game. Not many people have done that in the last 20 years. I'm Satan reincarnated, and he's turned out to be just he sucked. Sucked. <laughs> Oh my goodness. You're getting sig significantly plus money, plus 145 to Michigan State even making a bowl this Whoa. year. It's, so <laughs> it's a third starting quarterback transferred out in the middle of camp. <laughs> Just like <laughs> said bye. <laughs> and their best wide receiver went down to Florida State. Like all the best Coleman. players in a Michigan State team that was like supposed to be like transfer portal gods, like they did with <laughs> Kenneth Walker, are now like all their best players are transferring away. They're trash. They are so trash. It's just a gross, gross program right now. Um, Ty, any thoughts on um, on Penn State or, I guess, Michigan State because they got brought up? <laughs> yeah, no, as I touch on the transfer portal gods thing. I feel like anytime you hear about a school doing great in the transfer portal, I almost feel like it's not necessarily that they're doing so well in the transfer portal because, like, everybody lands like big people here and there. Like a lot of schools are landing big. If you just look at sort of the, the level of player, everyone is landing people regularly at this same level. I feel like you only ever hear about transfer portal. This team is great in the portal. This coach is great in the portal when they just have no actual recruiting. It's like they have this weird niche thing is the only thing you can focus on because their actual recruiting base is terrible. I, like Ole Miss comes to mind with, Lane Kiffin exactly. as well. It's Ole Miss has always recruited well. Lane Kiffin has allegedly always recruited well, but he really is not recruiting, you know, outside of the the normal baseline for Ole Miss. And then you hear, oh, he's a transfer portal. It's gonna be their year. It's gonna be their year. Transfer, transfer this, transfer that. There's always a reason why people transfer. Obviously, sometimes you know it's just not working. Sometimes a person just wants to play. But ultimately, like if you're going out there, like Tim Tebow never would have transferred because he was going to start right away. You know, Vince Young never would have transferred in the portal because he was always going to be Vince Young. Adrian Peterson never would have transferred in the portal. So you're always getting someone who, if they didn't necessarily fail, you know, something didn't click. But, yeah, in terms of this Michigan State team, I mean, Penn State, I don't really have a poll. You guys are high on Penn State. They're going to flop. They're easily – always like they're not on the same tier yeah maybe there's upset potential i don't think so but they're just not on the same tier uh, and it's a stark difference in the big 10 right now but yeah this this michigan state team i mean i look at their schedule because we always love a good schedule breakdown i don't really know yeah i like the under i mean central michigan probably they win richmond the spiders or whatever i maybe they win washington is a pretty rough out of conference uh at least out of conference for this year for them so yeah, I don't know. I can see this Michigan State team being absolutely worked. Just so yeah, many like... rate. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Sorry, Bobby. Like... No, you go I, ahead. I see like I see like five wins at the best. Like <laughs> there's just so many. I was gonna point to Ty's uh, point. There's a lot of like random non-conference games that are gonna be conference games next year. Like an extremely high total. Honestly, like a the suspicious amount. Yeah, the script yeah. writers were giving us a little preview, a little yeah, movie trailer of what our new conferences little, are gonna look like. A cameo in the final episode of a season of a person that's about to be a, a major character next season. It's all too suspicious that OSU and ASU are playing in a rivalry that I want to see develop. Like that's a little too funky and weird to mm -hmm. me. Colorado TCU. This is true. Yeah. I was just thinking about 
Yeah, not to go back like into a... realignment. <laughs> it's like a post-credit scene is what I meant to say. That's how you got it. Yeah, no, that's a good example. I was just going to say it's it's going to be funny getting into realignment uh, next year. I know us on the podcast here, but I'm sure a lot of people viewing are going to see like, oh, this team versus this team is on. Oh, what a weird, you know, why are they doing an out-of-conference game week six or something? And then you, you have that moment where you realize, oh, wait, this is the new the new normal. It's just so many weird matchups. It's going to be really neat for, for a bit at least. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I can't wait to see what college football looks like. And, you know, I, I get being sad for what we lost, but you know, honestly, at a point, I'm just excited to see whatever weird, weird situation we're about to have um, ahead of us with realignment. And um, obviously, uh, everything happening with the playoff expansion, which I feel like we keep forgetting about, which it's going to be nuts. But um, anyway, so we've kind of meandered around the big 10. So I think we, it's, it's time to, we, we've already waded into the crumbs. So let's just kind of officially get into some of our crumbs here. Uh, some of our favorite uh, win total bets from across the conference. Um, and Jameson, I'll, I'll start with you. What is one of your uh, win totals that you like or don't like? Uh, your thoughts. Yeah, I already handed out the Penn State. I'm gonna I'm gonna go over on Penn State nine and a half because I think they can steal one. But since we already talked about, let's go to another one and let's go out to the West. And I feel like obviously we might be a little biased here, but I think Wisconsin can go over over eight and a half on their win total this year. I'd say it's a new era in Wisconsin. I think you know the Luke Fickle hire will change things, and they've got a new offensive coordinator as well. And I think we're a little biased, but we've watched Tanner Mordecai play football. You know, we had a close eye on him in SMU, and I think he's really, really talented. And I think in that Big Ten West, I think that he can make some noise. And only eight and a half whenever they avoid Michigan and Penn State this year, I, I think that's a good pick for me. Yeah, I I like it a lot. I like what Fickle does. They're bringing in the dairy raid is what they're calling it. So new <laughs> up, up tempo offense in Madison, Wisconsin. I'm all about it. Um, like you said, schedule super breezy. You know, you only have, you have Ohio state and you get them at camp Randall uh, on like Halloween weekend. So that's Uh-oh, pretty, spooky. Yeah. That's spooky. Uh, <laughs> you, you do have to play at Washington state. Not really a concern of, of mine at no. Purdue, <laughs> Purdue Pete. Look, if they get if they here's the thing, they play Purdue too early to be highly ranked, which means Purdue won't be at their full strength. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a pretty optimistic situation. Uh, at Illinois, could be a little tricky. Love love uh, what Bielema is doing down there, but at eight and a half, that is a hell of a hell of a win total line. I'll dive in. I I love all these picks. And honestly, when it comes to over-unders in the Big Ten, really what you should be doing is like slamming the favorites over, slamming the like bottom of the barrel teams under. Because this like this team does not have, this conference does not have a good middle block. It really doesn't. It's like the good teams always win, the bad teams always lose. Maybe sometimes you get something weird in the Big Ten West. But if I could parlay Penn State Ohio State, Michigan over on all their win totals, I would do it because I do see a situation where, and honestly, my dream scenario to come out of this Big Ten is they all have a loss to each 
other. It's uh, one and one when you uh, take those three and you have to go to tiebreakers. Like, that's what I would love to see in this conference. Um, if I have to choose one, we already talked about it, Michigan. I saw there was a prompt the other day on Twitter that was like, if you took, like, excluding Ohio State and Penn State, if you made an all-star game of the rest, like, all-star game roster of the rest of their schedule – to try to beat this Michigan team, would they do it? It's a resounding no. Like they, they're like the teams they are playing are that bad. They are that bad. Like this non-conference schedule is such a farce. And what's like so annoying is just like I know that Michigan is not going to get good conference games. So and but they're going to get in if they have one loss, always into the playoff. So they've kind of rigged the system. They know how to do it. I'm going to take Michigan over, but I would really just consider all three of those slam the overs. If you if your book allows you to parlay them, which is very rare, uh, I would do it just for a little fun. But that that's a proper sicko parlay, and I kind of like it. Uh, Ty, any any win totals you like? In terms of over unders or, or just yeah, general yeah. over unders? Yeah. So I like I like a, a little. I mean, there's there's two things we know that are always going to get us there when it comes to when it comes to betting on the Big Ten. You fade Minnesota. Traditionally, you fade yes. Wisconsin. Here's the the thing about Wisconsin is, you, I don't necessarily know if it's better to fade Wisconsin win total throughout the season. I like this very compelling argument for taking the Wisconsin over this season. Uh, it kind of depends on on where you look at it. Some books have it at at nine, so maybe changes the calculus there a little bit from eight and a half. But it, Wisconsin traditionally always has this thing where they just absolutely tear through like the first six games or so, and then they gain a ton of traction and attention, and then they just start absolutely doing terribly the second half of the season. So when you're betting Wisconsin, I think the smart thing is is ride the wave early, but then find the right point to get out and fade them the rest of the season. As much as it pains me to do this, when when we're looking at overs and unders, I think maybe we have to fade Purdue. We love Purdue, right? We don't want to be anti-Purdue. But they're out of conference. You know, they play Fresno State. I, I'm not saying they're going to lose to Fresno State. But then they got to play Virginia Tech. And it's just, I don't know. Normally, when you have these really low over-under win totals, some of them are bolstered by just an abysmally weak out-of-conference schedule. I'm not saying these teams that Purdue are play, is playing are tough, but Purdue is also not tough. And I don't know if the super weapon thing is there anymore. So, yeah, I like Wisconsin over eight and a half. I like fading Purdue. I like fading Minnesota at six and a half. I'll take him, take him to win six. And then I think it. This one is tough. This one is tough. I just want to broach the subject because I feel like maybe some other people are going to have some thoughts. Matt Rule, Nebraska. Yeah, I've, I'm surprised we haven't even gotten to Nebraska yet. I. I'm pretty big on Matt Rule, Nebraska. I'm not gonna I lie. knew he would. Ooh. I knew you would. Yeah, I, I, I could. I could have predicted Bobby's picks. Well, and I don't know if I'm bet them to go over six, like big on them because it's more of a macro thing. I think. I, I think I'm big on Nebraska to maybe turn things around and be decent, like win seven games, like at some, be over right? six. At some, no, be over at some six. point, not this year. Keep in mind, like so. But hang on, Bobby. Pers- let's yeah, let's change the calculus. We'll just ignore the over and under. We'll keep six. Do you think they make a bowl game, or do you think that they don't? 
I'm gonna say no. I I, I think oh, really. Look I at this they, schedule. Let me, they let, me got. Look at, let me look at the Husker schedule. I, it's, it's just I Blake is screaming. Whatever you said is Blake is screaming, but he's on mute. Hold on. Bobby, they have four automatic wins on the schedule. Yeah. Four very <laughs> They're going to hit six. Yeah, no, They're going to hit six. It's just, will they hit seven? Let, let's just like walk it through right well, here. Okay. okay no, yeah, they, yeah, play, they play Fleck right off in week zero. Don't even get me started on Minnesota. We are fading Fleck. And all of those reports did not get enough news because those PR people put it right in around the same time that the Northwestern stuff was coming out. And no, because it was a non it was a non-scandal. It was like they made me run because I was like doing like misbehaving outside of like off the football it, team. Like that's what every it wasn't fireable worthy, Blake. It was just extremely lame and deserved to be made fun of more in the media. And I think that is a big, big deal for a team's morale and locker room culture. And what I'm trying to say is they deserve more. And I don't think the media is catching on to how embarrassed are you to be a part of this team that you had that news story came out. I, I guarantee you there's some people in the locker room like, oh, this is so lame. I'm losing it. Yeah, it it's more cringy than anything, the whole Fleck coin thing. Because it's not like he didn't do anything all that bad. It was just weird. And then he followed it up by doing something even cringier by be like, oh, we're going to play. We're going to play poison the whole season because of <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, OK, you're just proving the point here, PJ. Uh, but what so, do you expect from PJ Fleck? He was like the ultimate <laughs> row the boat guy and wears like he wears like shirt and tie under a like a blazer not a blazer but like a quarter zip and stuff like he's a weird dude like i want to know his high like, school superlative from the yearbook I, I i just need to know he he won like most school spirit or some something like that man like that that checks out um but i do want to go back to nebraska and i you know after looking at it you know i i don't know i don't know if they have it i don't know if they have it <laughs> what do you oh. mean bobby to get this is a team that like stumbled through some pretty, pretty dumb games, you know, losing to Georgia Southern. Uh, they lost, they lost to uh, Northwestern in the only game Northwestern won the entire season. Uh, it wasn't even on American soil, which is hilarious. I just, I don't know. I, I it's not a, it's a light schedule. I just don't think they're there yet. It's not there. I'm not saying there is being like nine, ten wins. It's six wins, Bobby. It's six I know, wins. I know, I know, I know. I'm just counting through it, and I know they've. they've I, I'll put it this way: I don't want to bet on it. I wouldn't want to bet. Oh, on and, it. but here's the thing, Bobby. If you're thinking that it's like they won't make a bowl game, it's plus one thirty for under six right now. Yeah. So it, that if you are truly thinking like this. You should be betting the under because you are leaning more towards them not making a bowl game, and you have push worthy if with the six. I mean, I yeah. think that should be an under for you. See, okay, yeah. I mean, if you're going with a value pick, yeah, I, I don't think that's that bad. I just, I, I think it'll take a little bit of time to get this thing rolling. So, I, I yeah, I, I think. Six do is do they a... win versus Minnesota um, at Minnesota that week one on a, on a Thursday night? No, prob- no. I, no, they lose to that. They lose there. I think they, I think they beat Dion in Colorado. Yes, yes, yes. I could see them losing that. I could no, see them. No. Lose, I could see them messing around and somehow losing that. Bobby, they're they shouldn't the, lose. There's a difference the, between should should they they should win, but also I could see Nebraska completely botching it. 
I, and I, I know think th- I think a Nebraska could win week one and then lose week two. Exactly. That would be the most hilarious. That would be hilarious. <laughs> yes. Even the, stuff like NIU, like mess around and lose to NIU somehow. You know, something like that. Bobby read that to yeah. standards, bet MGM picture and got all the wrong takeaways for that. He's like 23 touchdowns and no picks in the first oh. few the few first few days of practices like he must be a heisman guy uh, yeah no if, if you know me that it, i'm obviously just a big prime guy uh everything i've said on this podcast is supported that i i fully agree with uh coach prime and i think he's good and definitely uh, I, is not overhyped i need to clip every- this clip this for now when uh fast forward a weekend spread week one and bobby's like TCU is the national runner-up, but I no. think Brian keeps it close. He always does no. that. He always is like, I think this, but like, not, not you're going to hit him on the butt on this. TCU, yes, you TCU, are. I know it, you are, it, Bobby. TCU is going to beat him. Uh, oh, gonna they beat him. They're going to yeah. beat him, huh? Or are they going to cover they're, it, they're, though? They're gonna, I think they'll cover too. Yeah, no, oh, I, I think I have a feeling Ty and I might Bobby's be gonna be like, it's one. too big of a number because <laughs> no, I think no, no, it's gonna no, be no. close around 18. Because everyone's putting the juice on Coach Prime, but they're gonna be wrong. Yeah, TCU's gonna kill him. Uh, no, I look, I, I think and this is a Pac 12 podcast, but I think, I think Nebraska just has this propensity to just shit the bat. I, and mess up. I will say to Bobby's defense, all of the pieces are there for Nebraska to win like two games. You have a, just a program that's terrible, trending downwards, still no signs of life. You have a coach who was successful at a previous posting, did terribly somewhere else. Now they've, they're still riding on a resume point from two jobs ago and many years ago at this point in a completely different environment, right? Like say what you want about Waco, Texas versus wherever the University of Nebraska is. I know it's in Nebraska. I just mean like what city, even if I knew the city wouldn't matter because I don't know that it makes that much difference. Uh, I think the largest city is like equal with like Enid, Oklahoma in terms of like population. So, you know, they're in, it's not, it's not in Omaha. That's where Warren Buffett is. So I know it's not in the Enid city. So it's something worse than Enid, like Edmonds or something. Um, So anyways, I forgot where I'm going with this. All the pieces are there for them to just be terrible. But I think like a realistic expectation of this team, I, I like the push here. This is why I kind of posed it to to y'all because I figured maybe there's some better talking points. If, if we get the, the chatter going, I like them going to a bowl game. I like the push. I don't think it's going to be easy. I think they're going to have at least one game, maybe not an upset, but one where they perform really well against a, a team that should be light years better than them. And people are going to get a lot of hope for the future. But I, I think that rule coming from Baylor specifically um, should have some realistic expectations about recruiting to maybe a, a place or a school like Nebraska. And I, I really think all the pieces are there, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if I take the over, I like the push on six, but yeah, Bobby, in your defense, I would also not be, even slightly surprised if they won two or even one game. I, I could see the Nebraska team going winless, which would be uh, unfortunately hilarious. I don't think it would be that bad. I just, I feel like Matt rule. And, and you mentioned his failure at Carolina, which obviously was well-documented and horrible. He's just a college guy. Sometimes guys are just college guys. 
And to me, that that's just what Matt Rule is, and I feel like that makes him kind of a solid fit for Nebraska. I think he fits in with the culture all right. I just think it takes time. Uh, obviously, his time at Baylor was a success, but he won two games his first year there. He lost to UTSA. You know, they 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 were not a very good football team. So um, I think it'll take some time, but I think he'll get that thing rolling. So. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to piss off Nebraska fans because uh, I think there is a whole a, a lovely fan base but they have their whole word of we are or we were a blue blood thing it's but i think it's easier to recruit in waco texas i think it's easier to recruit in loving oh, yeah. texas yeah, than easy, it is to get easy, people to come absolutely. to nebraska nowadays so i i mean i don't envy his his position here um at all there's a lot of people that they're recruiting that can't put out nebraska on a map yeah. right and it's true and- and that's the biggest problem is, and, and that's why a lot of people who say, oh, OU's going to be the new Nebraska, they don't understand what happened to Nebraska. When they left the Big 12, they completely cut themselves off from Texas because they don't have any games in Texas. They're on an island now. They don't have, they, they don't have that, you know, pipeline available at all. And not only that, but when they were really good, when they're humming at their top level, they had like this massive walk-on program like throughout Nebraska, and just frankly, mm-hmm. you can't win with what we can't. You can't win with with walk-ons anymore. That just, well, they they're using not... like their wrestling scholarships for football, right? It was yeah. It's like it just that way of of constructing a program just does not exist anymore. Well, yeah, and then you talk about the whole you know they literally pioneered strength and conditioning, modern strength and conditioning as a program. I mean, that was a massive asymmetric advantage. And that's not something that you can really close the gap with immediately. Like, even if, if you notice year one, like, Oh, they're so much faster and, and stronger and recovering so much quicker than us. It still takes a couple of years. You know, even if you have guys uh, enhanced like Nebraska uh, did at the time, because everyone did at the time, you know, it still takes some time to close the gap. So they did have a bit of a, an asymmetric advantage that could not easily or quickly be countered. Uh, for a little bit that I think a lot of their resume rides on as well. And then just college football is light years different now than it was back then. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I will say, and it's stupid and chalk. If I had to pick my favorite over, it's Ohio state. I I think, (laughs) duh, but also it it is a little spicy. They do have to go to Notre Dame. I'm not that afraid of that. Easy dub. Yeah. I'm not worried. at Notre Dame's tricky at Michigan's tricky, but I still, I still like the Buckeyes to they, uh, go. They over, got a team that's begging to get into the ACC. They're, they're playing, in, they're playing, they're playing an SMU level team. They're, they're a full, yeah. Hey, they're a full voting member of the ACC, despite not being a uh, full member of the conference. So for some reason they get to vote on football matters, uh, despite not actually playing football. They, they're they're, definitely- they're Go ahead, Blake. You got it. They are definitely trying to nuke the ACC with the reports <laughs> that they want to bring in Cal and Stanford. They want to throw a nice, like, <laughs> they want to throw a nice grenade in that house and run. That is what they're doing with that move. Because nobody would want to bring in Cal. I saw on Reddit the other day, probably not the most reliable source, but like the sauces. The state of California, like, I think three-fourths of the states that are in the ACC, like, the state of California won't pay 
travel to because they're like on a banned list basically it's like the one time politics actually interferes with oh yeah the carolinas and virginia bathroom thing yeah they like have banned (laughs) so like the the university themselves the university who right now is running out of money in their athletics because they did stadium upgrades and it's not to make the stadium better it's just because they built it on a fault line and the stadium was about to like drop into the middle of the earth and so they had to make it so it like wouldn't collapse if an earthquake (laughs) happened and so it like didn't change the stadium they have massive debt from that and now you have to rely probably on private funders uh your 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 whoever your donors are at that school to like shoot money into this program just to fly them across to florida like it's uh, notre dame knows what it's doing and it just wants to sink that acc ship quick and so it can either just stay independent and not have to deal with it or go to the big 10 yeah no i i i think they are trying to kind of sandbag them or you know throw some chum in the water because that just it doesn't make any sense but um, Blake, now that you're back, you know I kind of want to go ahead. Ty, you got it. I was going to say, uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough sell for Cal donors. I mean, we were laughing in our, our text earlier about the uh, the Cal. Someone found a Cal fan somewhere after just hunting for for a Cal fan, and the about oh, why aren't you complaining about the conference or something like that? And then the Cal fan just replied with a, a picture of their reserve parking spots for Nobel Prize winners on <laughs> campus because they have multiple uh, that, that still work on the campus, which is a, a tremendous flex. But yeah, I mean, that speaks to Cal's donor. Cal has a massive donor base, but uh, they would rather fund things like large particle colliders and not the, uh, not the football program. And we would rather talk about the Pac-12 than the Big Ten, and that is a great transition back to the unders. And I just want to put my little <laughs> under right here. Obviously, I already said it early in the show, but I just want to put it down again and say it louder into this microphone. I am so under on Minnesota, and yes, we can talk about you know going into this Minnesota team. We can talk about it. They can hit the over. That's totally good. But let me tell you something. I'm going to have a hell of a time picking the under, and it's just going to be so fun. I'm cheering against this Minnesota team. Each and every game this year, I'm gonna have a blast with it. You're, are you are you going to bet on that uh, by digging into your uh, Fleck bank? And oh god, I need I need coins? to put I need to put more coins into my little pouch. <laughs> <laughs> I I like to imagine that he actually had coins, like and you had a little pouch, you know, like like it was like, oh, here you go, I bestow upon you one Fleck coin, you know. Now say your day is tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh here's okay here's one here's one i actually like the over on well jameson did you have more no i just wanted to put okay. out the end those are my picks yeah. i have already I've talked about my three favorite picks here's a big 10 one i had to double check but i think this is now my my favorite one let me tell you something that i adore something that i truly love from the bottom of my heart old bay seasoning which reminds me of mm. Maryland, Maryland over and under of seven. That's interesting. Let me double check their schedule. First, they play Towson, whatever that is. Uh, It's not even going to be on TV. It's such an insignificant game. That's a win. Then they play Charlotte, probably a win. Virginia, 
I don't know yes. anything about Virginia. Stay tuned oh, for the whoa. ACC preview. Well, uh, we already we'll did say it. That's we really got one in on Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> I actually in the group chat today, if we're doing the ACC preview, it was an all-timer. I'm like, we 1,000% did that one already. Hey, that's like the first tight, one we man. did. The Virginia oh. over-under was three and a half, and we're slamming that under. So. Right. So we're three weeks into the season. Maryland oh, has three, three wins. They go to Michigan State. Did they win that one? I don't know. It doesn't yes. really matter. Indiana, they win that one. Ohio State, yes. they get absolutely destroyed. Illinois, I think they win that one. Northwestern, they win that one. Penn State, I think they lose. Nebraska, I think they win that one, even if Nebraska is performing as expected. Michigan, they lose that one, and then they beat Rutgers. I count that at eight probable wins so i like the maryland over all right big love for i like it big into that uh talia getting a million dollar offers from the sec because he is so it, talented honestly it's probably true though like look around oh, at the sec no quarterbacks i'm like <laughs> look around at auburn and or i would say Ole miss but Ole probably miss like missouri throwing their damn money bags all over the place Oh, don't even get me started on Eli Drinkwitz. We could go into a whole, a whole other podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> OU fans got beef with them too. Right Drinkwitz is awful, but Blake, I, I, I do want to ask, what are your thoughts on the Iowa Hawkeyes? Uh, this kind of random because nobody really cares that much about Iowa, but you bring in Cade McNamara, can he offset the horribleness Gross. that is Kirk Ferentz? I yes 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 I I'm all in on the Bryant Ferentz Cade McNamara super weapon because oh, I love God. the fact that they just will not fire this guy's son like they have to put in his contract that he has to score what is it 25 or 26 points a game this year in order to keep his job so watch like this Iowa offense as much as they can run it up on teams, even the bad teams that they play, you're going to see this like very, very early on. I just think it's like, I was never had good quarterback play. Uh, it's been a while They get de- average to like above average. I just think Kate McNamara is a good quarterback. Like I just, I like what they have. They always have a good tight end. I think they lost a lot on the receiver end, but you know that defense isn't lighting up anything. And I think the West this year is just so weak. It's so, so weak. Like when we're talking about Wisconsin, a team that was a power running team is implementing the air raid. And we're going to say they're clear cut above the rest. Those guys aren't air raid guys. I know Tanner Mordecai is. I know Braylon, uh, Braylon Allen or whatever. He's a good receiver. Those Most of those wide receivers are blockers. They are blockers on the edge. That's all they know. Like, <laughs> they don't know how to run routes. Like, uh, what are we talking about here that they're going to start running the air raid? They're used to giving the ball to the running back 20, 30, 40, 50 times a game. I think this division is so weak. I think Iowa always mm-hmm. solid. They have to improve on offense. So I just want to cheer for it. I want them to get right at that eight wins, right at that 25, 26 level. So they have to keep Brian Ferentz and constantly put them in this like teetering, like this, like this teetering scape to hell on honestly, because I think Brian Ferentz is a horrible offensive coordinator, but yeah, give me the over. I want to root for it this year. We have to keep them around, Bobby. We have to keep them around. Them losing Jack Campbell on defense is not being talked about enough. Like, that, he was the heart of their defense. So I'm curious to see how that goes. Eh, 
Yeah, it's just like it's. I see them as Utah, an old TCU Gary Patterson team. They're just they develop guys. Like that's why I don't worry about. It's like I could talk about how much Utah lost on their defensive side of the ball. They lost multiple all uh, packed or sorry Mountain West. I wish they would have gone to the Mountain West. All uh, Pac-12 guys, <laughs> and they're still gonna be probably really good this year. I just like I don't worry about Iowa losing particular pieces because they always got another man up. Yeah, I, I like Iowa to like push exact here. And I know on some books, like our former uh, sponsor, you can bet like exact records. And I feel like an eight and five for Iowa here feels perfect. I mean, look at the symmetry of of, of this little score, like the little Chiron to, to the side here. They went eight and five against the spread, eight and five overall, and their current win total is eight. So like they, they, they just seem like they're quick. <laughs> you know what you're going to get from Iowa. Plus Is it going to be great? Is it gonna be flashy? No, but they're gonna they're gonna do it. They're gonna produce. I feel like eight feels good. So yeah, plus yeah, you take the plus three thirty. That's nice. I, I I like these exact win total odds. Why don't more people do this? It's a fun game. Fun game, but it go, go wrong very quickly. <laughs> here's here's what I do on these. Right, a quick, fast, and easy hack. Professional hack for anyone. Looking to bet if if you're ever in a situation where you need to pick a sports bet, and it specifically only works for college football, maybe only works for college football. You're in a situation, right? You need to make a a a, a bet on the spot. You have no time to research. So you're on a podcast or just an absolute degenerate, right? A and hypothetical you, podcast. Iowa State, host. no, but not. I, I I don't do this for everything on the podcast. But Iowa, I've just done this. I've done this before. It never fails never fails infinite win hack if you're trying to pick whether or not someone's going to win a college football game this is especially powerful for like season over unders if you just search university of iowa schedule or university of oklahoma schedule a baylor schedule something like that look at the top result if the top result is a football schedule take the over if the top result is their academic schedule Fade them. When I looked up <laughs> University of Iowa schedule, it wasn't even on the first two pages of Google. I had to go to page three before I found the football schedule. Absolute fade them. <laughs> That's pretty hilarious. I, that, I do have a problem with that. The Google tool that brings open the schedule whenever I just type it in is very nice. But on the schools, it doesn't. I have to go and type football. It does really, really anger me. It's the little things. Yeah. Or it also annoys me whenever it pulls up, like if I search Tennessee schedule, it pulls up the Titans. I'm like, you don't admit. No one watches the Titans. Come right. on. Yeah. No, 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 no. And I, I, I don't feel like people refer to the Tennessee Titans as Tennessee. It's just the no, Titans. I mean, Titans schedule. Yeah. yeah. People Titans. are Titans fans yeah. in the same sense that they're fans of like their local soccer team. It's like a hipster thing to do. <laughs> but like, if you live in Tennessee and you're a football fan, you're not actually a fan of the Titans. You're a fan of a better, like legitimate team. Just like if you live in Oklahoma city, like you kind of support the energy. Like if a chance comes up to go to an energy game, RIP. you're like, yeah, I love the energy or I guess RIP old info, but not really. <laughs> like, they're like, but then if you're an actual like soccer fan, you cheer for an actual soccer team in Europe or something, you know, the the energy is uh, Schrodinger's cat right now. It's both alive and dead. That's the best way to describe it. Much, much like my Arizona coyotes here. So they, they're 
they're well, at least the Coyotes play games. The energy aren't playing anything. They, they're truly Schrodinger's uh, soccer <laughs> club. Uh, Schrodinger FC. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, let's get to some uh, some conference championship bets because I think we've kind of exhausted our over unders. Um, whoa! Oh no no whoa, no no! no. Right, I, like, I haven't even gotten to my under. Just who's do it. Like? It's a principle. It. It's a principle. Northwest. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I thought about it. It's so bad. Like, I look at their schedule and I see one definitive win. It's Howard. And even then, <laughs> Howard has, like, the best. Like, I think they won a game versus somebody random. I can't remember. But they're P5, and it's the biggest, like, spread cover to win of all time in college football is Howard. So I'm not even going to like, put like I'm not even going to like knock them off. Like they could win this game. You know me. You know, well, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> delete, Wild delete. Cats versus censor. the world. Censor, censor, censor. Because that was, <laughs> that was whenever he goes, tell them to bring me my money. <laughs> <laughs> Just censor, censor. We do not, we do not know what mystery team is out there that lost uh, to Howard University. Maybe or maybe not, but uh, their non-con is hard. It's it's UTEP and it's Duke, and I think Duke is really good. I think UTEP is feisty. Bobby and I in the crumbs last night. G five podcast. I like me some Dana Dimmel. Like I might like sprinkle a little bit on their future to win the conference USA just because like you need another team to go up against Western Kentucky. But besides that, they're not winning any other games besides Howard, I think, or UTEP. Like you can grant me those two. They don't beat Duke. They do not beat Illinois, Iowa, Maryland, Nebraska, Rutgers at Rutgers. That's the thing. It's like Rutgers at home. You have a chance Rutgers on the road. They see that as blood in the water. That's one of their only games to winning that year. <laughs> Minnesota, Penn state, Wisconsin, Purdue. They're not. No, I think this team is going to be so, I think Pat Fitzgerald got the best out of them. And that's saying something after everything that's happened, but they're not going to see any sort of su success anytime soon. Heavy, heavy, heavy under. You're going to tell me at worst they win three games and I push and I get my money back? There's no way this team is winning four. There is absolutely no way this team is winning four games when I don't even think they can win two non-conference games. So I'm taking them. Or I mean, they, they need a three-game improvement after the all the Pledge Master Pat thing. So, yeah. Tell, tell your thoughts. Is are Northwestern and Iowa like rivals or something? I'm asking because I pulled up the ESPN schedule for this one. And uh, on ESPN, if you're looking at the schedules, you know, it shows like lowest ticket prices. The lowest ticket price for Northwestern or Iowa visiting Northwestern on November 4th is $90. How? That's their only time to the big city each year, Ty. Like they have to, <laughs> that's their one opportunity to get well, out of I Iowa City. To the big city. It's, it's the Iowans, the Iowans who live in Chicago is what it they is. take their harvest up to <laughs> up to the cattle yards of Chicago. Oh, oh my God. That's why that's why I'm surprised uh, Northwestern doesn't sell out more games because like Chicago exists just to harbor every single big 10 graduate to ever exist. And so why is that stadium? I know not packed with Northwestern fans per se, but I feel like those people are just itching to see their team live. Like, why is that stadium not more packed than it actually is? That's a good question. Ooh, it's Evanston. just a big 10 pyramid scheme. 
Can you can you take the red line to Evanston to go to go see the Wildcats? Isn't it purple? Uh, purple line, maybe. It's I don't know. Purple I, line. I, I'm pretty darn sure it's called purple. Well, there you go. I, and I know. Is... Like, go ahead. No, Bobby, continue. I I didn't have anything to say. I was just talking. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole the three seasons. That's the whole podcast. <laughs> We've done this for podcast. like four seasons now, five seasons now. <laughs> No, I was just going to say, is is Northwestern possibly, because of their own delusion, are they tanking, hoping that the Ivy League will think that they're bad enough at, at, at football, but good enough at school to let them in? I, hilarious idea, and maybe maybe potentially true. I will say also... We might need to get our, our SME on the podcast and, <laughs> and just broach that question to them. That's funny. I, Northwestern is building a new stadium, though, like kind of domed or whatever. Or uh, it, it's either a new stadium or I, a, uh, I don't know anymore, Are Bobby. You kind of, I, that was a kind of a like. Dome. I think basically like every big funder just ripped their money out if it's not <laughs> publicly funded. I think uh, the Darren school Ravel's, is Darren Ravel still donating. Hey, Darren Rovell has his collection. He has some of the best checks in all of America. And... Rovell's like, I prepared myself for this moment. We're going to bail out Northwestern football. This is what I've been building my collection for. It does not get talked enough about that. The only thing that man said in the wake of everything that happened was just sad. Sad. That man, that man has a thought on every single, not an issue in America, just every single fact in America. He's tweeting out about it. And then like something bad happens to him. He just says sad. Wasn't it like a week later? Like it yes, took him it a was while like to get significantly it out. later, and then he's like back to tweeting like, "Oh, the Mets have this new menu item." Like immediately back into it to just like <laughs> well, bury the lead. I the hate it. I was he, de- he defended Pat Fitzgerald right? Oh after yeah, he was. Yeah, out. he was. He was big and his. And then the sad message. Obviously, he was sad, but also he realized he was in the absolute <laughs> doghouse from what he was saying earlier. But I mean, he's always going to be in the doghouse. He's yeah. just the punching bag Dummy. of all sports. See, that's what, every time I think he's going to stop doing this stuff, like, he's going to learn eventually. He just never does. Like, I thought that a few years ago, and then we had the whole uh, Rosa Parks and MLK memorabilia <laughs> collection oh incident. God. It's like, we keep on getting, he's super viral. Like, he can't allow himself to get, like, run over without saying something. Like, he is willing just to go live and start saying things in order to protect himself, and it never so works. Stupid. Anytime you have to go live to defend yourself, it's never a good idea. Just yeah, we've we've learned that one recently. <laughs> We're not going to mention that on the Big Ten preview, <laughs> even though we could. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, good time to end the podcast. So we want to talk about Michigan State some more, <laughs> no. or uh, or do anyways, we? Uh, I guess that can that can start some things, but I mean, you know, <clears throat> don't. Speaking of people who, who sort of always have a take, but then uh, seemingly don't have a take out of nowhere, Blake, uh, has Josh Pate said anything about the Big Ten? <laughs> Josh Pate loves everybody, but at the same time hates everybody. He's Schrodinger's college football analyst because his show ex- exists basically to like produce clips 
just so the school will tweet him out and get him notoriety, but yet he never goes in on any schools. He never makes any definitive stances. Like, I think this team's going to win the national championship. It's more just highlighting all the positives without ever referencing the negatives. It drives me absolutely nuts. We had this whole realignment episode, one of the biggest things to happen in college sports, and I understand people that don't like to talk about it, but it's like, if you're a college football podcast, you kind of have to talk about it. (laughs) And he's leading, he's like, OU has interesting position battles. And I'm like, what the? Like, well, we're talking about the OU D line right now. And he's like, I'll get to a little five minute segment where it's like, I'm here. It's always, I'm hearing some things. You're just going on the 24 seven message boards and kind of giving a quick cursory scroll before and being like, I'm hearing some things. It's so bad. It's so bad. And I we have are to checking. watch it though. I have we are to checking. Watch it. We are checking. Well, it's, I love I love Pate. I I don't love Pate. I think Pate's okay, but he does have this thing where even when he says things, he's like, "That was such a Josh Pate answer to whether or not I know." Bobby is like, (laughs) "I love Josh Pate. I don't like him. I think he's okay." That's what he's. That's what Bobby's done this whole episode. I just Josh Pate and Josh Pate. I'm thinking. He goes, "I think Nebraska's going to go over." Looks at it and he's like, "I think they're going to hit the regular, but I think they could probably miss a bowl game." And I'm like. What is going no, on here? No. Bobby's been I, a hedge I, I, said, like, I said I liked Nebraska. Spread. And then I was like, but I'm not sure if they're going to go over or not. I think hedge. they're Yes. Oh, yeah. This is, that's, that's Josh Payton. That's this entire this stick. culture building year. <laughs> if it's, if it's TCU, K-State, he's going to go. If what? K-State's supposed to win, he's going to be like, oh, TCU, they're a great football team. Great, great. They're going to fall short to this K-State team. That's great, great. That's what you do all the time on the weekend spread, Bobby. I mentioned it earlier. Always it like, I think this, I think this TCU team is so great, but just too many points for a Colorado team that has some solid <laughs> options at the wide receiver and quarterback position. That is you. You do the Josh Pate. Like, I'm going to compliment the other team while also complimenting my own pick to, like, somehow arrive at, like, a somewhat decision. But it's not a decision at all because you just end up loving everything. Wow. Oh, okay. Uh, that was intense. There, there are times I rip into teams. I feel like I rip into man. Miami pretty often. Like I, I, I'm pretty out on Miami. I, I've, I've gone on, I've gone on them. I've gone on USC a couple times. I feel like you this know, is the like classic not... Josh Pate bit. Like y'all say I'm not negative, but this is like the time I've been negative. Like this has been, this feels like I'm in deja vu, Bobby, to every like Tuesday and Thursday and Sunday oh, when I watch wow. the show. I need right. a slate. All like right. I need water just to see Bobby go two and eight on the first week. Like I need it so bad. All right, I'm, uh... we are All right. itching for we are itching for football. Dude, week zero, we're gonna have some takes, man. I'm excited. I'm I'm fired up now because now now I feel called out. Yeah, yeah exactly out. right. That's All why right. I'm you actually didn't wait. like him. I can't wait to see who flips week zero or week one and takes Colorado. It's not me. I'm not. I'll do it. Well, yeah. Okay. It's like Blake is not gonna <laughs> biggest biggest betrayal since Caesar. Blake picks Colorado against TCU. <laughs> 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 All right. Do two Balake. Two Balake. Do we want to pick our Big Ten champion? Let's get her done. Uh, what do you think, Jason? Who do you like? Um, I'll take Ohio State to. Oh my God! 
Jameson, you literally just went on a rant earlier about nobody's respecting Michigan, and then you chose Ohio State. Nobody's respecting Michigan. But my whole rant was it's people are not respecting Michigan enough because that's taking down Ohio State. How about we just keep both teams in high respect? That was the whole point of this. I don't think Ohio State's falling off because they lost to Michigan two years in a row. Michigan's a very good football team. Ohio State's also a very good football team. You can't have you know, it doesn't have to be either or. <laughs> Seems like hypocrisy at its finest, but we're getting into the I, when, no, when no, you're when you're obviously picking, not buying into what I'm saying, you're not listening. When you are picking the champion, it does in fact have to be either or. Yeah, and so I yeah. just picked Ohio State, but I still think they're two very good football teams, and Ohio State's not falling off because they're losing to Michigan, and Michigan at the same time is doing really well right now. So do you think Ohio State goes in Ann Arbor, beats them? Do you think mm. it, do you think do you think the game decides it? Yes. Okay. Mm. Uh Ty, who do you like? Well, yeah, I think the game decides it. That's how it works. Um not always. So I, I also like the Ohio State University. I think they do like do this, I think, for university. Um there. And they have uh they have big nut, uh that guy. Who I, th- I think he charges people to take pictures with him. I don't know, but yeah, I like Ohio State. I, you know, I gave my whole spiel at the start of the podcast about I think they are, you know, excluding two losses to. It's like we're taking. It's like we're looking at roulette here, and it just happened to hit green the, the past two times when Michigan beat them, and then we're like, oh, has is green the new red and black? Like has red and black lost its? No, Ohio State's going to get it. I I like them a lot. I think they have. Hey, uh, I think they have a receiver who has the potential to be in the Heisman ceremony this year because I, I think it's impossible for a receiver to win the Heisman in modern time. I think it's impossible for anyone but a quarterback at this point. You know, we've had some running backs of, of late, but yeah, I like Ohio State to, to win the Big Ten. I like Ohio State to be in the playoffs as a serious contender for sure this year. I don't think Ryan Day has lost a step. Give me the Buckeyes for the Big Ten. Blake? Yeah, it's a lose-lose. I hate both of these teams. Um, I think they're dead even. I'm going Michigan. Uh, I think Michigan's the better team. Uh, just has a little bit more talent, and I'm still bitter. I'll uh, insert this little anecdote here. Before I was Boat and Blake, really into gambling. I was really into daily fantasy sports. And on DraftKings, I would always uh, seek out this one guy named O.S. Bucknuts. <laughs> uh, that would, uh, you could, I could play him head to head. He would always, uh, throw down a whole bunch of money and I wanted to beat OS Bucknuts. OS Bucknuts ran train on me like no other every single time. I could not beat that man. He was so good. I was trying my best. Like all those other guys I now come to know after a John Oliver sketch and a, uh, kind of exposing what daily fantasy was like that all these guys had advanced statistical models showing what would be best and i'm just picking for vibes each day <laughs> i i didn't have much money back then but it drained my internship money because os Bucknuts was running me into the ground so i will always hate ohio state i don't like michigan after last year i hated their fans but uh that just it called me back to that and so i'll take i'll take michigan and kind of like the battle that hated for me was it their fans <laughs> on twitter or their fans like in at the game Oh, on Twitter. Their fans at the game are super nice. Like, they were, like, really congratulatory afterwards. And I was in all Michigan. Like, I was in an all Michigan 
section. So I, I love their fans at the game. Honestly, didn't party very hard. Like before the game, it was all TCU tailgates. I think they just tried to save their money because they thought they're going to the national championship. So I think nice in person, but they definitely have that little snobby attitude about them that thinks they're better than everybody else. And I could definitely, I could, you can tell that on Twitter and you can kind of tell that in person where they thought like, oh, we'll just go 50-50 this game. Like they could have swallowed us in ticket sales, but didn't because they were trying to save up money to the national championship. Yeah, Michigan does have a little bit of that arrogance. I remember my specific group chat with multiplicity the amount of michigan fans just discounting tcu unreal uh but yeah Mich- michigan twitter you know they're definitely not crazy at all definitely nothing weird ever going on over nothing there weird. nothing weird nothing weird uh i feel sorry for them i hear they've been you know some of their people have been attacked i threat I mean, who's, who's to say who's to, who's to say <laughs> who's to say uh, allegedly 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 who's to say uh i also like michigan i also like michigan though i I think they three-peat here um and i think i i I mean like everyone's kind of said a little bit i think they're dead even with ohio state but you know having this game back in ann arbor i think gives them the edge um because no matter how many games michigan wins in a row this is a program this is a fan base that just suffered through one of the worst like decades two decades of a rivalry i've ever seen they they had like some like two wins from 2001 to 2020 which is atrocious that's like worse than bedlam bad that place is gonna be rocking i have michigan beating ohio state uh on at the game to decide this thing uh to just squeak them in penn state's interesting if we're looking at value i that's that's an, <laughs> like if, if things get weird, I could see Penn State do it. In. Do it, uh, Bobby. And then obviously, I think, I mean, look at Nebraska, the of course, because Nebraska, know, Matt Rule, Nebraska, <laughs> Nebraska plus six thousand, great value. Uh, <laughs> Minnesota has a has a has a has better odds than Nebraska to win the Big Ten. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Check we at out. least know Minnesota can play in the Big Ten. We have not seen that from Nebraska just yet. <laughs> That is that is true. That Matt is true. Rule has burned Vegas before. Is the thing on like over and unders, especially for teams. Oh yeah, and his first years are typically like horrendous bad. Like his first year <laughs> at Baylor and Temple were like one win, two win type type situations. And that is why I like the under because I think it'll take transfer time. portal, transfer yeah. portal though. That's the I difference. That's right <laughs> you can fill those yeah. gaps. It's changed, but you still have to establish yeah. culture, Blake. Rule does good culture. when he can when he can transfer people in and out. Just look at, at when he was in the NFL. You know, <laughs> ah, that's funny. All right, I think that's all we have for the Big Ten guys. We, no, it's uh, we, we have, have one more else? thing. What's we that? Have one more thing. It's a single number, seventeen. What about seventeen? Days until college football is back. I thought oh someone was going to know off the top. Yeah. I, I, did, I did just look at uh, week zero. Uh, it's not as spicy as I thought it was going to oh, be. Oh, shut I, up, I, Jameson. Shut up. There's a lock. It's because Blake gets to watch here. San Diego State. So there's a lock. Really I will say preview week zero weekend spread. There is a lock on the slate that I feel very very comfortable about and you'll see it in this point spread you're like wow this team going to that team and that team is supposedly good and the point spreads that small why is it oh (laughs) 
because we previewed it last night on the G5 podcast, which will be releasing soon, and I'll explain why a certain Mount Blake's, West team is not very good. Blake's about to get absolutely burned on San Jose plus eight against USC. <laughs> so wait, eight? What? No, I don't know what it is. <laughs> no. I was going to say, <laughs> that what? Wild. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it was eight. Slam, slam. What are you doing? If it was eight and then San Jose covered, that would be the most obvious like set up in all of sports history. Okay. Our good friend, Michael, Mitt- Michael Whitman brought up a good point. Have, have we picked the punishment yet? Kind of. Yes. yes kind of. No, I, I, I like that. I think, I think we kind of did about the alarm clock. I like oh, yeah, that. the alarm clock idea. Yeah. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. announce it when we uh, start week zero, uh, but I need like, to be fully, bad. firmly nail it down. But I want yeah. it to be like, I want to review it to make sure it's extra bad because I loved the nine, nine, nine being like, a brutal punishment in like a fantasy football league of like 10 to 12 guys. And we're doing it with four. It just like amps up the risk so much more. And it's not even like you can blame it on your draft or like bad injury luck. You get the same games as everybody else. And you got to pick them better than the other guys. And that's still, this is going to end up burning me. I know if it ever passed, but I still am making the argument for, I want to get the fans in on this. I want there not only to be a last place punishment, I want last to be the most severe punishment, but I want there to be an even number punishment. I want number one and number three to be exempt from punishment, but I want number two to also have a punishment because I think it would be hilarious to have like end of the season where people are like trying to tank because you get that amazing like people trying to tank, but then like not tank enough. I think it would just be a hilarious dynamic. With the way, because I mean, last season we came, we were pretty close, and it would be interesting to see someone that's up like ten games at like week, to, like two weeks to go, and but they're still, you know, they're fifteen games off the lead, but they're up ten games over the bottom two, and they're trying to figure out how they're going to tank to to be exempt from the punishment. I don't know. We'll see. Tanking, that's picking that's spreads is hilarious. It's just it would be hilarious. <laughs> So just start winning like never before. Would you like even <laughs> even number punishments, but with ultimate or like unlimited uh, mulligans in like the last two weeks or something like that? That wouldn't work because then we'd have six hour episodes of people trying to go back. <laughs> just unlimited waffling. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the second to last uh, preview. Preview we will do. Uh, we have the group of five coming out, but guys, next time we're together, we'll be talking to the Big Twelve and. That is always one of my favorite shows every time we get together and do it. Uh, it's been 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 from the start. This is our fifth time doing it. So pretty wild stuff. So uh, very excited about that. And um, week zero, it's like right here, guys. It's right here. As I said, the little edamame to your sushi rolls. Just that little taste to keep you satisfied for that week one action. But it's just enough. So I'm ready for it. Give me that Hawaii Vandy. So pumped. Can't wait. All right. For me, Jameson, Ty, and Bogey Blake, this has been the Week of Spread uh, Big Ten Preview. We'll see you next time. Have a good one, everybody.